ora. Welcome to another Classification Office podcast. Today, Erica, a senior advisor, is talking about digital identity, how you are recognized and identified online with Robin Toombs, co-founder and CEO of Yoti. Yoti is your own trusted identity, but we actually wanted a word which would be um, not recognized as English language. We wanted Yoti to be accessible and understandable for everyone in, around the world. And we felt that was just a nice short word which didn't sound like it was from any particular country. And can you also tell me how your system of age verification differs from what people would traditionally think about facial recognition technology? The Yoti app is basically a consumer digital identity where you create the identity once but you can reuse it many times so you use your face and your photo id so a passport or a driving license or national identity card and because those have your photo on them we can match your live face to your photo on your id and if you match then we know what your age is and what your name is and then you can choose in the app whether to share over 18 or over 16 because we know from the date of birth that you are over that age so it's it's an unusual system because we put the consumer in control and they only have to do the hard work once after that they can just choose to share whatever they wish, provided the company um, accepts Yoti verified information. Tell me a little bit about how you collect the data that trains your AI. Yeah, so when people create Yoti, we ask them in the app whether we can use their data to basically train our algorithms to estimate age. And that allows us basically with consent to say, well, here's a 50 year old person's face. We don't actually attach the date of birth, we just attach the year or the year and month of birth so that we can begin to get the algorithm to go, okay, I'm seeing lots of 50 year olds, I'm seeing lots of 15 year olds, and the algorithm just gets better and better. Once you're using tens and hundreds of thousands of um, years of age with faces, the algorithm begins to get very good. You know, that would be true of a human as well, but it's just unrealistic to think that humans can do that, whereas uh, an algorithm can do that very competently. And um, obviously this uh, particular technology has a lot of different ways it can be implemented and used in supermarkets and cinemas for age verification. Can you tell me a bit about how this could be used also for age verification when it comes to porn platforms? Yeah, so it's not face recognition and face matching. It's basically using a person's face with consent so that you can age estimate them. So that could be a supermarket self-checkout uh, when you're buying an age-restricted good. Or, as you say, it could be going onto an adult age-restricted site. So that could be a porn site. And, you know, although bizarrely people might think, well, it's highly unusual to want to use my face to um, prove age to get into a porn site because, you know, that's quite a sensitive thing. Actually, compared to using your passport or your driving license or your mobile phone or your credit card or some of the alternative uh, filling in a form with your name and date of birth and address, actually it will become much more likely that you think the minimal thing I can do is be quickly age estimated and with confidence if the regulator basically requires that that image is then deleted 
and that therefore you really have just proved to the Yoti app or to another provider that you are well over 18 and then that image is, is deleted, you've got actually probably a much more private way of the adult site then being told that this is a person coming into your app who is over 18 and the adult site doesn't need to store personal details, passport details, which obviously would, would not be good. Can you foresee any issues for implementation in this area within New Zealand specifically? So I don't know the New Zealand laws um, off by heart, but I think most regulators over the next few years are going to look to try and um, make it difficult for under a certain age to get into adult sites. So I think you know most people aren't quite so worried about 16 and 17 year olds potentially getting into a site, even if the site is meant to be over 18 but most parents and other adults actually in surveys, certainly in the UK, and I doubt it would be different in New Zealand, aren't keen on nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds getting into hardcore pornography sites at the click of a button. So I think you know, regulators and potentially politicians, legislators are going to you know, end up putting in some proportionate um, regulation which says, look, you know, we may never be able to get a perfect system but we want something which is good or effective enough to ensure that certainly young people, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds, cannot stumble across or actively seek out and easily access that type of adult content. It's called adult content for a reason, and most people support that. They just don't want it to be disproportionate. Nobody wants to ask everybody in a country to put their passports or their driving license into systems, even if they do support the idea that we want to make it difficult for uh, nine-year-olds to get into porn sites. Mm. Can you speak a little bit about how your company and how you as a team approach the difficult topic of ethics and privacy when it comes to data? Yeah, so we genuinely believe consumers should be in control of their identity. It's one of the most precious um, aspects of life, how you identify yourself and what identity means to you. So we created Yoti to effectively reflect uh, that principle that your identity should be yours. And with Yoti, when, you, when a person creates a Yoti, after we've basically checked that we do believe they are the person they're claiming to be with their face to their photo ID, after that we put the encryption keys into their phone and we don't keep a copy. And the only person who can ever then unlock their attributes, their name, their date of birth, is that person using that phone. And that really is powerful because it effectively means we're, we're individualizing identity to allow just the right person to control their identity. They don't have to share lots and lots of passport images if they share their name, but it's been verified by Yoti as a third party, an independent third party. That name verified becomes a much more trusting interaction with another person who otherwise wouldn't know or would be asking you for a passport and it's disproportionate again for me as an individual on a classified site to ask you to send me your passport so that I can get more trust that you might be who you claim to be. Um, that, that's never going to happen so you need a better solution which allows people to give that trust without giving away too much uh, precious information. Obviously you are all working on the forefront of a burgeoning field at the moment online. 
can you tell me a bit about what you see happening in the space of digital identity online in the next kind of like five years? Yeah, so I think in the next five to ten years, it's highly likely that at least half of the world's people who've got smartphones, certainly in ten years' time, will have a digital identity. That digital identity may be um, from the private sector, it might be from the government sector, it might even be from a non-profit sector. They might have two rather than one. They're unlikely to have ten um, just because of the, the, the friction and the, you know, the uh, commitment to actually create the digital identity. But once you've created it, if you can then use it with businesses, with government, with peers, then actually you get a very valuable identity. And you know, the more we live our lives online, not always do we need to tell people who we are, but certainly when we're doing you know, business interactions or things where the regulator rightly wants you to prove that you are over a certain age, it just becomes obvious for using a digital identity will become an easier way of doing things than continue to fill in forms and other things point to point. It's very much like a passport that, you know, if my passport allows me to get into 180 countries, that's really useful to me and to those countries. If the country requires me to keep doing a point to point visa with them, that's painful for me. It's not particularly effective for them as well in terms of compared to a passport. But it's the same online, but if I can basically start using a verified identity which businesses can accept and have confidence in, I've made it way easier for myself as a consumer, I've made it easier for a business, and that's a pretty powerful thing. It's just nobody knows, is it gonna take one, three, five, ten years before enough people are doing that for more and more businesses to accept digital identities, for more people to then create digital identities to then get more businesses. So there will be a tipping point. Nobody quite knows when that tipping point's going to be, but it, it will happen. That was CEO and co-founder of Yoti, Robin Toombs, talking to senior advisor Erica. You can find more information about this topic and all of our podcasts on the Classification Office website, classificationoffice.govt.nz. Thanks for listening. Kia ora.